everybody, I'm Ivy Rivera. I'm a psychic medium, a Taino Arawak, and I own a school called the Ivy League Psychic Academy. Today's free mini class is called Healed People Here Differently. Now, a couple of the things that we want to focus on here today are the different ways that people don't seem to be able to hear. We also want to focus on the obstacles that that creates, the sort of toxic social dynamics, communication barriers. And I want to focus on when it might be you. How do you know if you're one of these people that hasn't healed in some key areas and so now you're having conflict in your life because of it? We're going to break down when it's happening, how it happens, what that looks like. And then we're going to talk about solutions in the second part of this curriculum. All right, so are you in frequent miscommunication with others? Okay, are you always having tiffs or your feelings always getting hurt? This could be a sign. Do you deal with someone that you just can't seem to connect with? No matter how hard you try, you just can't seem to have a meeting of the minds with an individual. This would be a great class for you. Do you ever wonder why some people absolutely refuse to do what's best for themselves, for others? They just don't seem to be able to make good choices. Why is that? It's like talking to a brick wall every time you deal with this person. This would be a good class tonight to help you to deal with them. What's the answer to this? Well, it's because they're unhealed or you're unhealed. When we have unresolved issues, whether or it be from childhood or it be from a past trauma, maybe a toxic love partnership. We tend to push that down and negate it. We tend to, for the sake of survival, pretend that it isn't there, pretend that it didn't happen. A lot of people who deal with childhood trauma, like abuse or neglect, especially those who had a narcissistic parent, or maybe an alcoholic parent, a parent with mental illness, we tend to not take the proper amount of time to really dig deep and get to the root of our issues. There's an immense amount of healing that needs to occur. And after any kind of trauma, we need to be more honest that that healing doesn't just happen overnight. That healing doesn't just happen because you recognized it and you worked on it and you went to go see a therapist for a little while. Healing doesn't work that way. Healing is cyclical. You'll think that it's like whack-a-mole. It's like crabgrass, okay? You'll think that you got through part of the process. You'll think you got to the root issue. You'll think that you recognized it. You embraced it. You figured it out. And then it pops up again. So we need to stop thinking of the healing process in such limited terms. It's a lifelong learning process, much like relationships. When a relationship ends, it doesn't mean that the lessons end. We learn from the relationships we have our entire lives onto our deathbeds. Okay, even research shows that people that are elderly or passing away remember back to significant relationships in their childhood and talk about what those meant to them. Think of the healing process as being repetitive, but like levels upward. You may never reach the top in this lifetime. Things like understanding why something traumatizing happened may never 
come to you. You may never fully understand why something like that happened until you pass away. That's okay. The goal is to meet that challenge every step along the way, to be willing to accept where we are, to identify the problem, to be present, and to be willing to grow with it and ask, well, what are the lessons here? What can I do with this information? Ultimately, to be able to, yes, heal ourselves, of course, but to be so highly functioning that we can actually help others going through something similar. Okay, to also get there. A lot of the issue, I believe, is that once people think they healed, they don't reach their hand out to take someone else waiting to get up to that next level. And we're supposed to use it. I always say some of the most intuitive people and some of the biggest healers on earth are those who've taken one beating after another after another. Now, that's fine and good, and some trauma is obvious, but for many of us, it isn't. We just did a free mini class, I believe it was last week, called Breaking Generational Curses. That's in the playlist. You can check that out. And we talked about all the unforeseen negative toxic influences. Maybe you have a poverty mentality. Maybe your, your parents and your grandparents were hoarders. So they lived through the Great Depression or they dealt with slavery in the family or lack. Now here you are with a poverty mentality. You may not even notice a lot of the trauma that gets handed down. And that's where we see these issues come up more and more. We clearly have a mental health crisis, especially here in America. That's blatantly obvious, but it may be a long time before we get a system in check that can help on the large scale that we need. So in the meantime, let's use some of these really helpful tools here and be able to identify. Okay, so when do you know that someone is unhealed and is incapable of hearing you, comprehending what you're saying to them, understanding you, or working with you? Number one, they will not accept the love that you give no matter how often you give it, no matter how you give it, they literally cannot identify the love that you're giving and or they cannot embrace, accept and utilize the love that you're giving. I hate that saying. I just put up a post on my social media that said, stop telling people that they have to love themselves before they can ever receive love or give and share in genuine love. We have to stop saying toxic things like that. That's ridiculous. So we don't want to give up on people, but we do have to understand that the reason that's become such a common thought, such a cliche, such a go-to, is because there are people that are blocked. For sure, it comes from not healing oneself, from not addressing trauma. When you try to give those people love, they often find that they don't know what to do with it. So you run the risk. Let's use love partnership as an example here. You run the risk as the giver of overgiving to this person and thinking that someday you'll get it back, but they can't really form a bond with you. They can't ever see you and your value because they tend to blame you. They'll say, you don't give me love. You don't give me enough validation. You don't support me enough. And you may think, how is this possible? How is this person saying this to me? It's all I do. There's 
something broken in them that they're not working on. You want to be careful with those red flags if they're not seeing you clearly and able to accept your love and support. Number two, how do you know if someone is unhealed and they cannot hear you? Number two, they cannot hear truth. So this can come in some really shocking forms. I think of a family member of mine that I recently had to deal with who was saying all kinds of nutty things at a holiday dinner. And I said, what on earth? are you talking about? And so I pulled back and I let her speak and everything she was talking about, it was like paranoia and conspiracy theories and all these things that were not true. And I said, hey, hey, hey. And I said, you understand that this is the truth, right? You understand that this is the truth. And I displayed a couple truths and this person was clearly not able to hear any of that believed that the truth was a lie. When we look at people with paranoia, people who are becoming more and more isolated, people that are part of like cults or conspiracy theory groups, we see a lot of this right now going on, okay? More probably than ever, but it's always been around. You will notice that those people have done that in other areas of their life, always, always. They always had trouble identifying the truth. People who won't hear the truth often have poor judgment of character. They accuse others of being bad when they're good and they accuse the toxic people of being these amazing healers and these very charismatic, charming individuals. They don't get it right. Look at this individual's dynamic with other people. They love toxic people. They hate those that tell the truth and are pure. So there are patterns of this. Let's look at number three. They can't change. There is no growth in that person's life. Now, periodically, you may see this individual do slightly better, make an attempt to create some change. Maybe they did go to therapy and get a little help, or they're doing some behavioral modification, okay? Maybe they made some good choices. But to actually watch them maintain it and move up additional levels is either non-existent or it's really far and few between. There's not substantial change or growth in this person's life. It's always the same toxic story. Now that is because they haven't acknowledged the truth. They haven't done any kind of healing. We can't get to change and growth until we can understand what's real, okay? what's true. Number four, they don't grow because they can't change. So what you see with a person like this is that they become more and more isolated in time. The small group of people that they were maybe able to ever identify with may remain, but people move away, people pass away. Circumstances change, and this individual cannot find another group. They can't seem to make new bonds, make new friends. They may be stagnant with their money, with their work and their career. They basically are the age at which they had that trauma and they never grow out of it. Okay, so this family member I was dealing with in the, at the holidays, I knew that her big trauma was at 14 years old and she still argues like a 14 year old. She still acts like a 14 year old. She's in her 60s, but she seems like a 14 year old girl. And when she wants to tell lies, 
she reverts back to even terminology that would be something a teenage kid would use. So you can see the age where they're stuck and they just haven't grown out of that. Number five, this person cannot return any kind of real genuine affection, help, love to you. They can't reimburse you. They can't reciprocate. There's no positivity really coming back for you. And it can often feel like it's just a one-way street. Like all they do is make holes in your boat and there's a constant leak. We could call them emotional vampires, energetic vampires. They're debilitating in a way. You need to be careful that you're not saying, well, I'm just a healer, I'm just a fixer, and I just want to give unconditional love, and that's the right thing to do. You need to stay in your lane. We have a free mini class up here. Check the playlist on that. You need to stay in your lane because you can get negative karma kickback from enabling this kind of behavior. There's a big difference between unconditional love when you're just giving to someone who needs it, you're not going to get back from that person. You're going to get back from the universe versus enabling someone's toxic behavior and delusional thinking and lies. You're not helping them to heal in that way. That's a major red flag when they can't return any support back to you. This would be that friend that you're always there for. That friend who always comes to you for help. You take those 3 a.m. calls. Anytime they're going through drama, you hear from this person. You're inclined to lend your ear again. Help them through their latest trauma. But where are they when you need them? Do they show up? Do they ever reach out to you? People who aren't connected to you at all won't know when you're silently going through something. They won't pick up on any of those subtle details. Where did Christina go for two weeks? I'm going to reach out to Christina. Is something going on over there? Well, that's because I care about Christina and I'm actually having a transaction, energetic exchange with Christina. When you have friends, you have family, you have a lover, and that never, ever, ever happens, that's a major sign that they cannot return to you, okay, any love or support. We're going to talk about the solutions after, but right now I want to also get into when it's you. How do you know if you have this problem? Does any of this stuff sound familiar? Number one, if you are untrusting, if you are super paranoid that everyone is out to get you, and you think, oh, I'm just empathic. I'm just super intuitive. No, you may be unhealed. And you may be like really judging people way harsher than you should. I see this a lot with my students who are always like, oh, I think so-and-so's dark or so-and-so's dark. It's like, no, you're dark. You see what you are sometimes. And this is one of those situations where that may very well be the case. It's also that concept idea that if you're always paranoid that your love partner is cheating on you, it may be because you're tempted to cheat, okay? So look at the way you feel about other people and ask yourself if that's coming from a place of truth, or if that's coming from a place of woundedness inside that you haven't dealt with. If you are egotistical, if you are easily offended, defensive, fighting with people all the time, you swear everyone's always criticizing you, you know, you may be confused. You may have healing that needs to be done. You know, there's a time and a place for everything. Maybe some people aren't really productive. <laughs> giving a criticism, okay? Maybe it is unconstructive criticism that they gave, but that doesn't mean that they meant to personally attack you. We have to remember that humans are flawed. Let's not be too defensive. 
Okay. Even if their delivery isn't perfect, if you need perfect delivery out of everyone, maybe you have some unhealing, unhealed business going on. If you are confused about conversations that you previously had, you swore to God a conversation went this way. And later someone says, that is not how it went. It went this way. And we have it recorded. It was on a Zoom meeting. It was in a text. It was in the email you sent me. What are you talking about? And you're like, what? That's impossible. You may have some healing to do. Number two, if you're needy, a lot of needy people are feeling that they didn't get the same amount of love back from someone they gave it to or that they're not receiving the support that they deserve even though all they do is give it out they feel needy because they're not able to receive it now we can have discrepancies i haven't read the books on love languages but i get the gist of it i've looked at some of them and that seems like some pretty interesting theories people can have different love languages and it can get really tough to receive the way some people give love that's a given, but if you feel this with a lot of people in your life, no one gives back to me. Why am I always suffering? This is so unfortunate. You're needy, and it could be that you have healing to do. You shouldn't need that much out of anyone. You shouldn't need a million people to buoy you up every day. Number three, if you're depressed and detached, now I can't prescribe or diagnose, but I will say that a lot of people's depression comes from a place of woundedness. They haven't dealt with those underlying traumatic issues and that affects your energy. That affects the energy that you put out to the world. So you attract negative. Well, that'll make you depressed in itself. That process is a toxic situation within you. You may feel lonely. You may feel that you don't understand how to connect with others. And you may literally feel like you just don't understand others. Now, a lot of people like to put themselves up on a pedestal and just be like, well, I'm so different. I just don't understand the way that people are. But really, we have to look honestly at what's out there. There are a lot of good people out there. There are a lot of people fighting to do what's right and who are willing to grow and support the light in the world. Now, they're not all perfect, but to see them and lump them together as like others and that you are this good person, that's a sign too, okay, that you put yourself up on a pedestal, you're over defending, you're coming from a place of ego, which is fear and control, and you're not able to meet people where they are. It's kind of the world against you, right? It's always the world against you. Number four, you're anxious. Maybe you have anxiety. Again, I can't prescribe or diagnose, but I find that a lot of people who have these anxiety attacks or anxiety disorders are getting that because they're waiting for the other shoe to drop. And when you're always waiting for the next confrontation or the next bad thing to happen, the next bit of bad news, right, or the next toxic person to come along and ruin your day and rain on your parade, it's because you're in a weak position. You should feel empowered every day. You should feel empowered whether you want to deal with people or not to get out there, okay? And anxiety is a very real thing. Depression is a very real thing. That's not what we're talking about here today. We're talking about, okay, feeling anxious, having anxiety, because you have a negative outlook on life. You're waiting for something or someone bad to cross your path all the time. Could be that you have healing to do. You may also find that you hoard. I find that a lot of people who have this anxiety are also nervous Nellies and hoarders. This is mine, this is mine, this is mine. They have no flow. There's no flow of generosity. And I'm not just talking about money. 
I'm talking about generosity of spirit, generosity of their soul, generosity of their thoughts, of their kind words. Can't you compliment other people? If you're not giving anything back out, it could be that you're hoarding and you're super anxious and uptight. So there should be a flow. And if there isn't, it's going to feel very anxious. Number five, are you fearful to try anything new? Does it absolutely terrify you or make you sick to your stomach to think of getting on a dating website, on a dating app? Do you dread the idea of having to leave your job, even though you can't stand it, to go out and find something new? Have you been putting off going back to college or for a training course for like 5, 10, 15 years? Do you find yourself in a cyclical pattern of toxicity where you're always going back to the same dilemma? I have some clients, God bless them, but I swear to God, I I've been reading these people for 10 years and every time they book, it's the same nonsense. And I'm like, you know what? When are you going to get over your fear and try something new? People who are unwilling to ever step out in blind faith have unfinished healing business that needs to get tended to. They also would be chronic overthinkers. Okay, so a lot of people say, oh, well, my mother was a worrier and my grandmother was a worrier and there's nothing wrong with that or I just overthink or I'm a Gemini or I'm a Virgo or whatever. You know, it's not that. You've got to control your thoughts. Every human being on earth has to learn to control two things, your thoughts and your emotions, okay? If you're ever going to learn how to get ahead in life using your intuition, your gut instinct, the universal guidance that's being given to you. You have to come from a place of divinity and your logic and your emotions are disrupting that process because you're unhealed. Your logic and your emotions should be able to help you and assist you in the intuitive growth process in your life. But what's working against you, there's a definite sign of problems. So chronic overthinking, being double-minded, talking yourself out of everything. You take one step forward, two steps back. It's all this. Okay. And just going to say that one more time, okay, for the cheap seats in the back, especially in love partnerships. Mm, that is the number one area of testing. Why is that? Because the universe set it up that way. Because your greatest challenges with intimacy and healing are going to come from a love partner that you allow in. Okay, so that's why. All right. Now, I do want to talk about the solutions when it's other people. You're dealing with someone with a blocked energy. What do you do? Number one, you do not try to force it. You do not allow for your ego to take over. Don't forget, ego is about fear and control. Ego is not love. Ego is not faith. Ego is essentially you stepping in, trying to do God's work, trying to do karma's work, trying to be the universe, okay? We already have universal law. It's not on you. This isn't your responsibility. So don't get sucked in, especially if this is a family member, okay? Because you're not going to get out of that one easily. So you don't try to force it. However, you should live by example. So if this is someone you're going to be around frequently enough, the best thing that you could do, no matter how bad their behavior is, or how unfortunate it is that they can't receive an interaction or love from you, you shine, you smile, you live a healthy, good, positive life, you keep your vibration high, you live by example. You need to shine on. We do have a mini class up here called How to Check Your Ego 
in light work and beyond. Okay. Especially again, if you have family members or like even a spouse that you have to deal with on a regular basis, that will help a lot. You need to stay in your lane. Now, sort of opposing that, okay, there's a big difference between, and this is number two, speak your truth. There's a huge difference between you speaking your truth and you coming at someone trying to force your ego and agenda on them. So we don't force it, we do live by example, and we do speak our truth. That means you don't back down. If there is something that needs to be said, you should say it. I believe wholeheartedly a huge part of the reason our society is in the shape that it's in is because we don't have enough people taking responsibility for our truth, for the sharing of what we know is true. So we tend to say, eh, not my problem. Well, I'm not even going to bother. Well, they don't listen. We need to be held accountable too. We need to speak up for what is right, what is true, what is good. If we don't do that, that negative, toxic, fraudulent energy takes over and it multiplies. It's like a fire that gets out of control. We have to stand up for what's right. And I think the easiest way to approach this, because it is a hassle, and you could be the only one doing it, and there is kickback from people often, almost starting a fight, that's how they'll see it. Who cares? We have to do it. If you were a kid on a playground, think back to childhood. You know, what's one of the first things you were taught? Kindergarten, first grade, second grade. What were you taught? Take care of the underdog. Don't allow anyone to get bullied without you intervening. We gotta go back to the basics, okay? We were supposed to be speaking up for truth and we have lost sight of that. You also need to make sure that you don't get sucked in to arguments. So your truth is your truth and their untruth to them is their truth or whatever, their lie that they want to push. And what they're going to try to do is to suck you in so that it becomes a debate. Now, none of this is debatable. There's truth or there isn't truth. So if they try to say, well, I didn't do that, but they absolutely did, you need to stick to the basics. Keep it simple and repeat yourself. Yes, you did do that. Here's the proof of it. Well, I didn't say that. Yes, you did say that. Here's the text where you said it. Here's the email where you said it. Here's the recording of you saying it. Here's the person who heard you say it. Yes, you did. Then they'll turn to things like, well, I didn't mean to, or that's not what I meant. That's irrelevant. You did do it. You did say it. And it needs to stop. So you need to confront what it is simply and on repeat, but do not get sucked into some kind of a debate as to whether or not it was real. All right, let's talk about asking obvious questions. If you are dealing with someone that you feel, this is especially on the emotional end of things, okay? If this is a family member, if this is someone who's falling into some real dark mentality, dark habits, dark times, ask questions to try to get them to use some critical thinking skills. Okay. Cognition is flown out the window a long time ago with some people. And so they're like zombies. They're just repeating falsehoods. Ask questions. Here's a great example. The family member I dealt with on the holidays was saying, you're trying to steal my rights. You're trying to steal my rights. And was like yelling this and shouting this. And the rest of us at the table were like, what rights? <laughs> you know, my rights, my rights. What rights? My, my rights. You can't steal my rights from me. Everyone's trying to steal my rights from me. 
What rights? What rights? Okay, explain it to me. If they can't come up with an answer and you know it's probably going nowhere, at least you planted the seed. That's a great question. And seeds are very haunting. Later on, that individual is going to hear that. That's a good question. What rights? Okay. So whether they ever admit it or not, you've gotten the process going. Somebody has to stand for reality. It isn't healthy. Okay. And sometimes that's what love is. Now I do want to move on to solutions for when it's you. What should you do? Okay. You have this problem. Well, the easiest solution is to do the shadow work, right? We have part one of a series of three coming up here on mini classes. So shadow work, what is it? How do you do it? Start doing the work on yourself. You also need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. I think a big issue here these days is that everyone wants to be soothed. Everyone wants to be happy or uplifted. We'll turn toward food, sex, drugs, entertainment, video games, distraction, distraction, distraction. The escapism and the avoidance is so hot. It's so attainable and it's good that it's easy to get sucked into that. But you can't do that. You have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. So when you notice that something is off, sit down and analyze it. Maybe pull out your notebook and write down what happened. You don't have to have all the answers, but at least start processing things. I wouldn't recommend sitting with things for more than 10 to 15 minutes, but maybe even close your eyes and call in your guides, your ancestors to help you process. And don't try to dictate it. Just let it play in your mind like a story. It will reveal feelings and thoughts and memories to you that will help you to understand. Go to therapy. Therapy is great. I had a horrible childhood and I saw several therapists over the years that I thought were pretty amazing. Some will push you hard to look at what you really don't want to see and others will kind of coddle you and help you through the process. Just go in and get started. But it's nice to have professional help, especially when it goes way, way back to things like your childhood or your teenage years, sometimes even your 20s. It can be sort of deep-seated and hidden away. Don't be shy to talk about it. Find a group. Find something on social media, a supportive group. Not a bunch of toxic people who just want to stay in the problem, but people who are actually growing and doing better with things. Go to Barnes & Noble and do some self-help section shopping. Get books or watch videos on YouTube that can help support you. Google what you think are the words associated with your problem or your trauma, okay? And see what pops up. We need to ask what the root cause is. And if you really cannot seem to find it, that's a great time, again, to call in your guides and say specifically, I'm gonna sit here for 10 minutes. Can you show me what the root cause is of my issues? They will help you. That's what they do. Look at generational trauma. Again, I would highly recommend the um, Breaking Generational Curses class we have on here. Look at the generational curses, habits that have been handed down. The majority of those are psychological or maybe they are just habitual. That doesn't mean it won't affect you mentally, emotionally, physically. They're not curses. There's no hex. There's no family 
a spell of uh, negative karma or juju that's been put on you guys. It's just negativity that's been handed down from one generation to the next. So look back at your bloodline and see how people behaved. Let's also stop seeing others as though they are the enemy. Let's keep in mind, you may be the one who's not being truthful. <laughs> you may be the one who's not being honest. You may be the one who's out of whack, okay? So stop looking at everybody else as though they're the enemy. Maybe they feel that about you. Maybe that's the energy you're bringing to the table. Maybe you've got everyone on guard. No one wants to get hurt. No one wants to get trampled. No one wants to get taken advantage of. So what kind of energy are you bringing? Okay, stop seeing it as though it's you against them. And you'll notice that when you start working on things, the energy with others does lighten up. Everything seems to lighten up, okay? So one step forward in the right direction immediately brings positivity from the universe. Okay? I would also stop and ask. That means that if you feel that you're about to get into a confrontation or you're having an anxiety attack, or you sense like burning at the back of your neck or headaches, you just feel like the other shoe's about to drop, there may be something brewing. And when you are face to face with the person that you're about to have this potential confrontation with, stop and ask if what they're saying to you or what they're accusing you of is your stuff. Are you projecting your unhealed business onto them. A common thing that happens when I'm, you know, reading clients, we'll use that as an example, is I'm telling them what they need to hear and they're defensive against me as though I'm attacking them. And I'm like, whoa, 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 that's your stuff. That's not for here. All I can do is tell you what spirit's telling you to do, what needs to be done, what would be for your highest and best good, and if you don't want to hear it, that's not my problem. But people will tell you that maybe you you did something to them or you need to see something a certain way. And that may very well be true. Is it possible that you need to stop and ask yourself, is this on me instead of just being reactionary and attacking them or telling them that what they said is untrue? Okay, and the last one is don't... Be shy to talk with other people who have gotten to where you need to be. I think too often we enjoy the dysfunctional company of others because misery loves company. You have got to raise the bar. Don't entertain yourself with negative conversations of other people that are just like you. Don't stay stagnant in your mentality by watching movies that are all about where you are. Get out of toxic thinking and toxic relationships. Don't be shy to put yourself around achievers, people who have come out of such things. Seek them out. Sometimes that's intimidating, okay? Sometimes we feel like, well, that makes me uncomfortable. Well, that's because you're judging yourself because you have a lot of work to do. That's okay, so did they, okay? But we can't stay around the same groups that have fed the problem and kept us there, right? Again, don't enable others, don't enable yourself. Now here we're talking about handing it down to the next generation. Okay, so now we see children who think that that's a normal part of a relationship is to have to like record their partner or settle for some type of a low level bond, if you can even call it that, where that's 
all your worth. So it's important that you talk to your girls about how unacceptable it is. But again, you're going to have to live by example. Whether we want to call it that or not, it's abuse. It's abuse. And for you to allow yourself to have to continuously go through it is neglect. It's what it is. People who don't heal become abusive. They lie. They cheat. They step on others to get what they need because they are not in the flow. They cannot receive for themselves. So that's inevitable. Maybe he goes to therapy. Maybe he does a, a lot of self-therapy too. And you can eventually go to something like marriage counseling, or even if you did, maybe it wasn't productive, but maybe later it'll be productive. You know, but until he's willing to do that work, it's only hurting everyone else. And the isolation, especially with men, research shows, right? Like it's predominantly men who have issues with this, these unresolved traumas and things like this, or like they're coming from an egotistical place. It's not me. It's you. It's you. It's you. They've been able to get away with that their whole life. We live in a patriarchal system, right? But when that starts to erode, they end up isolated and alone. And that's really where we see deterioration of the mental health. And so he's going down a very dark path and he needs to own that. So hold him accountable. Every time she says something about her spirituality, it becomes an argument with her husband. Well, tell you why. This is probably, you know this, of course, I'm just stating the obvious. He is afraid of losing you because you are growing and he is not. And so we have this issue of two people trying to be together, growing, evolving, carrying on a long-term relationship that you committed to, but we have one with a growth mindset and one without. And so it's always going to be that the one with the growth mindset outgrows the other one. And the other one, if they refuse to do the same for themselves, will try to hold you back. It's fear. He knows he's going to lose you if you keep growing. And not growing is not an option. So you know that. Well, I think that you draw the line First of all, in understanding that she may never accept the reality of what she did to you. She may always try to deny you that truth, but you have to understand that she doesn't have the power to do that. I would recommend the relationships, boundaries, and cord cutting class where you're going to learn how to go through forgiveness exercises. You have to forgive and release her and cut those cords. And if you can still be around her from time to time and socially interact and just feel better and live by example, that's great. But you may also find that she doesn't appreciate you setting those boundaries and she ends up, you know, almost attacking or on the defense and it's miserable and there's no point in carrying on a relationship. I would also say this to you. Be careful with the parent who abused you, who will not take ownership of it, that you're not trying to rewrite the ending. You can't beg them to love you. You can't beg them to apologize. And you can't keep wanting for them to make it right. You have to go do that for yourself. Stop trying to rewrite the ending of that story. Handle it. That's sort of like saying, I think that children of, you know, with abusive parents, I'll be happy when in my life. You know, it's the equivalent of that. It's like so many people say, well, I'll be happy when I meet my soulmate. Well, I'll be happy when I have the baby. Well, I'll be happy when I get this job or this house or I move or I have this or I have the car I want or I have, I have, I need, I need, I need, I need, need, right? It's like, when did we forget that it's our job to make ourselves happy? It's just a choice in any moment. 
It's like, am I going to feel miserable or am I going to try to be happy and focus on positive things, things that make me feel good, treat myself? When did that stop? Well, when you come from abusive people, they kill, they squelch that part of you early, straight away. You are never to love yourself, give yourself anything. You're never to compete with the abusive parent. All of your time and attention and love is to go to them and support them. And so you're not going to get out of them an apology or right doing, most likely. Okay, got to leave that wish behind. It's like a fairy tale. I think that we get beaten down over time. And I think that growing up, especially in our society as a female, you learn almost like brainwashing techniques and habits to silence yourself, right? We just did a class here called the Divine Feminine and we talked about this in some detail. And so you're trained to stop setting boundaries. That's what society does to you. Look there, you know, but then look at back through your past. Like when was the last time you really remember standing up and speaking out? Who did you do that with or what was that dynamic? And then when do you remember failing and not doing it who was that with and what was that dynamic? Because maybe you feel more comfortable doing it in certain situations and not others. And you need to just learn to do it all the time. Okay, so that'll show a lot about when you don't, why you don't. We have a class up for that too. It's called um, the narc and the intuitive. So I literally break everything down in that class. How do you deal with a narcissist though? It's always going to be the same. And that is no contact, no contact. So that's it. It's not an option to work with them because they're a narcissist and they only work with themselves. And if you are thinking about them, if you're giving a lot of time and attention, if you revert back, you respond in any way, you have interaction with this person, it's inevitable. You're going to lose. That's it. That's what they do. So you win by cutting them off a hundred percent. If you're in a situation, because in different situations, again, take that class. I talk about scenarios. Yeah, there are ways. It's a good one. Ego is not love. Ego is not faith. That's right. So true. And thank you, Polly. You're very welcome. All right. Thanks everybody. Thanks spirit.
Okay. Beautiful. Well, we thank you, everybody, uh, for being with us uh, tonight. We will see you again next Sunday. We have switched. Uh, for those of you who aren't regulars here, we switched to um, fall time, so 8 p.m. Eastern. Again, for anyone tuning in who um, wants to listen to previous sermons, that's anywhere that you can receive a podcast and here on YouTube at Ask Ivy in the playlist under Roots Revival Interfaith. Thank you, Danny, Christina, Paul, Spirit, and everyone who is here with us tonight. We'll see you next week.